0: Right now, many of us are just thinking about surviving, trying to get by, living one day at a time. We are tired, worn out, and stuck. But what if God called us to more? What if God wants us to thrive in the midst of the chaos? Jesus said, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Are you tired of just surviving? Tired of going through the motions? Are you ready to grow like never before? It's time to thrive. How many of you like control? We live in a culture that's obsessed with control. I remember when I was a kid the remote was so important because you got, you got to control everything that everyone else watched. You got to pick your favorite cartoon or your favorite show, or I know my dad used to often get the control and he got to pick whatever he wanted to watch. And what we, in our houses, we love to control the temperature to the very degree that we like it. You might like it cooler, you might like it, like it uh, hotter, and we can even control that from our phones. We we like to control our health. We like to control our schedules. We got our planners and we got our calendars and we got our apps. We got all these things that kind of plan out our day, our month, our year. We like to control maybe how our house is cleaned. Maybe there's a certain way that you like the house to be vacuumed. You like parallel lines, no cross lines. You know that that's the right way. That's God's way. And anyone else that messes that up, they're doing it the wrong way. Maybe some of you, you, you uh, you're you, a boss or you're over some employees and you micromanage them and you tell them exactly what to do, when to do it, and, and it needs to be your way. Uh, maybe some of you, you even like to control your spouse or you don't like to say control. Maybe you're nagging your spouse or you, you, you might use the words greatly encourage your spouse to do certain things. Like maybe to dress a certain way, you let them know hey, this is what you should wear every day uh, because you look much better this way than what you would normally pick out. Or, or maybe you uh, tell them to do certain things a certain way, like you need to load the dishwasher this way because, again, it's God's way and it's my way as well, and this is a way that you should, you should do it. And some of you, maybe you really want to control how people think about you, and so you want to have this image. And so when you're out in public, you want to make sure that everyone thinks a certain way about you or on social media you post pictures that you can edit and that you can do different things to that that are filtered that make it look just perfect i know when my kids were small uh, we would take family pictures and it was like World war three i mean trying to get three small boys to smile and not yell or cry or whatever else and by the end of those pictures uh, i was pretty pretty much ready to give give away one of the boys And I'm pretty sure my wife was ready to get rid of me because after two or three or four takes, I I was tired and I didn't want to take any more pictures. But we'd eventually get the pictures taken. Some of them were better than others. And we'd post them on social media, hashtag blessed. But in reality, hashtag we just barely survived. But I think many times we try to control that image that we have the perfect lives. and, And many times we don't. We struggle. Sometimes we try to control our children and we want them to act a certain way and we want them to make certain choices and then they become teenagers and, and they make their own choices and sometimes we don't like them. Sometimes uh, our children become adults and we especially don't like some of the, the decisions that they make. and We try to control them. We try to control our time with God. We give him a few minutes in the morning or uh, a few minutes uh, at lunchtime. We seek to control our health, our environment, even those around us. And even though some of you, some of you are flexible, maybe not all of you are control freaks, but I think that we find peace and stability when we have control. Maybe we feel some security there. But today, I want you to do something that may not be natural to many of you, and that's giving up control. I know I said it. That's to give up control. That that brings some anxiety to some of you. And I wanna use this phrase, let go and let God. As we try to thrive this year, that's our theme. I think one of the keys for us is to actually let go of control. Pastor Sean Azaro tells a story of now M- Nicole Malachowski, who was the first female pilot ever to fly in the US Air Force Thunderbirds. It's the Air Force's version of the Navy Blue Angels. And she was talking about learning to fly in formation. And, and there's no room for mistakes. There's tricky turbulence. There's unpredictable air currents in the sky. And, and she was getting panicky in the formation with all the turbulence. And she was getting frustrated and she couldn't stay tight in formation. And she finally asked for help. And one of the pilots that she sat down with said, When you come upon turbulence, your natural instinct is to grip the joystick even harder. You'll be tempted to fight through it, trying to compensate for the movement. And she agreed. She was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. He he continued. He said, the secret is to loosen your grip. Loosen your grip. If all of us will loosen our grip, when turbulence hits, our planes will dance through it in formation. But if we all try to fly it separately, we'll be all over the place. Loosen your grip. For those of us who have control issues, you want to be able to manage everything in your life just perfectly. You find it pretty frequently that you can't control everything and you get a little anxious, don't you? Even when you hear Nicole say, loosen your grip, you know that that's good advice, but it actually brings more anxiety because that means more unknowns in your life. Nicole's advice is good, very good. When you go through difficult trying seasons in your life, loosen your grip on the will. It's funny because the more that you try to control, the more fear that you have about losing control, and the more fear that you, lo- you have about losing control, the more that you want control. You need to come to a point where you let go and let God. It's a call of surrender. It's a call to trust God. You don't always have the power to control, but you do have the power to surrender. You may not be able to to get your finances in line, your marriage healthy, to get your health where you want it to be. You may not get your kids to call you blessed every day, but you do have the power to let go and let God, the power to surrender. And There's many examples of people who let go and let God. I think about Ruth who left her homeland and and let God work in her life in an amazing way. I think about Noah, uh, who God called to build an ark. And I know that he had to be frustrated at times, but he just kept on building that ark and and just let go and let God. I think about Abraham and Sarah. At times they let go and let God, and other times they said, you know what, God, let me be in charge. And normally when they did, They have problems. I think we can all relate. I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, a young teenager told that she was going to be pregnant with the son of God. She let go and let God several times in her life. Today, the person that I'd like to really focus on is Joseph. If you look in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, you'll see his story in chapters 37 to 50, most, a, a huge portion of the first book of the Bible. We'll see that Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. I mean, he had the shirt. I'm dad's favorite. Actually, it was a coat of many colors. And not only this, but he had brothers, and they were jealous of him. On top of that, he had dreams and said, hey, i got this dream that people are going to bow down to me. You're going to bow down to me. And his brothers really didn't like that. So eventually they came up with a plan. They were actually going to kill him. They throw him into a pit and they were just going to leave him there. And and then it just happens that some slave traders come by and they said, hey, well, let's make some money from this instead. And so they end up selling him to a wealthy Egyptian man. And he goes there and he works and he does a really good job. But guess what? This Egyptian man ends up having a wife that sets him up. And he's doing the right thing, but she sets him up and he gets thrown into prison. And Joseph could have said, you know what, as he's in this pit, he could have said, you know what, I'm going to pay my brothers back. Eventually, when I get on my feet, I'm going to get some people together and I'm going to go attack my brothers for the way that they treated me. But instead, he let go and he let God, he let God keep on working in his life. Instead of having this bitterness and, and, and just this anger, he let go and let God. Same thing. He works in this Egyptian's house. He was mistreated. He did the right thing, but he still ended up in prison. He could have said, God, you know what? This isn't fair. I, I, I'm going to do something about this. But instead, he let go and let God. In prison, he earned the trust of the guards and other prisoners but despite his good nature and helpful attitude, Joseph was forgotten to all, by, by many people when he needed them to remember him the most. Again, Joseph could have felt sorry for himself. He could have become bitter, but instead he let go and he let God. Finally, he was called to interpret some dreams for Pharaoh. No one in Egypt could understand them, but Joseph hears them, and he, forget, or he forecasts there's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And he recommends a plan to collect grain and store it during the lean years or for the lean years. And Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge, and his plan works out perfectly. Years later, Joseph's brothers come to him. They don't recognize him. And man, here's his chance. He could really get after him. But instead, again, he lets go and lets God. I think he toys with him a little bit if you read through the chapters. But then you see that he reveals himself. And there's crying and there's tears and there's there's hugs. He gets to see his father. But eventually his father passes away and his brothers are scared. They're like, oh, this is when Joseph's going to take his revenge on us. And in Genesis chapter 50, starting at verse 20, he says, you you intended to harm me, but God intended it uh, for good and intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. If you look at Joseph's life, time and time again, you'll see that he let go and he let God. He trusted God even when he didn't understand, even in hard hurt or hard circumstances. Uh, what if Joseph could would have said, "God, you know what? You you gave me this dream to be a leader, and and, and these people there, I'm going to find a way to make them bow down to me." But that's what not what he did. He again, he trusted God. He trusted God even when life wasn't. It would have been very easy for him to get angry and and frustrated, but instead he released his worry, his frustration, his anger to God. Now let's get practical. How do I let go and let God? Let me give you four little tips. First of all, let go and let God by confessing and surrendering your need for control. We, We need to say, God, you know what, I crave control and the remedy of this is praying and saying go, going to god and being honest and telling him the way that you feel say god i confess that I, I like being in control it makes me feel safe and secure it makes me feel like i have purpose but i want you god to i, I want you to know that i'm releasing that and help me surrender control each and every day help me to trust you more deeply so we're going to pray and we're just going to tell god and hey, god I'm a control freak at times. Secondly, let go and let God doesn't push through a door that God has closed. How many of us have the t-shirt for pushing the door that's closed? Maybe it was a financial decision. Like you were impulsive and you bought something that you knew that you shouldn't have. You couldn't afford it. God gave you every sign of the world to back out of not buying this. But you said, oh God, I want it. And you got it. And then you ended up paying the consequences for it. Or maybe it was a relationship. Maybe everyone told you, hey, this is not a good relationship for for you. And you've broken up and you just keep on going back and forth, back and forth. And, and it's very clear that you're pushing a closed door. You know what? When we let go and let God, we observe when doors are closed and we actually thank God for doors that are closed. Because when we look back, we can see that God was protecting us and helping us. Thirdly, let go and let God doesn't mean that will be easy. We look at Joseph's life and we know it was difficult. And as Christians, when we trust God, sometimes there's gonna be things we don't understand. Many of us, we we haven't understood why we had to go through everything that we have with COVID. It's been a difficult season. I mean, so letting go and letting God doesn't mean that you're going to get an easy pass. It's going to be hard at times. But instead of complaining and and thinking, uh, having a poor as me attitude, we're going to trust God and say, God, you know what? Even though this is e- isn't easy and even though I don't understand, I'm going to trust you. And lastly, let's make a let go and let God list. Let's make a let go and let God list. What are you trying to control that God wants you to surrender? What are you trying to control that God wants you to surrender? I want you to get a sheet of paper out right now. And I want you to write down some things that maybe you're holding too tightly Onto. And maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a child that you're aching for. Maybe it's a bad diagnosis. It, it could be a financial weight that's crushing you that man, you're holding on to. It could be a fear. It could be a hurt uh, of something that you've lost. It could be an addiction that you're trying to beat. It, it could be a guilt that you're that that you're carrying on. And you've been holding on to all of these things, and it's been weighing you down. And at this moment, I just want you to write down, what is that thing that you're trying to control? Maybe you need a whole long sheet of paper, because I know I can fit into that boat sometimes. Write down the things that you're trying to control, that God wants you to surrender. This month, we've been asking you to fast one time during your lunchtime, uh, at least one time during the week, during your lunch break. And I want you to meditate on this verse. 1 Peter 5, 7. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Let go and let God. That's the key to thriving this year.